0: If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. So here's my question. Is long COVID supposed to be like sexier than regular COVID? You know it's bigger it's it's it's, it's you know wider why li- yeah probably ribbed for your pleasure longer, yeah
1: longer. i mean it depends how you say it i mean you yeah. said longer. long
0: on the covid yeah
1: as opposed to short
0: covid yeah that's just a cute covid
1: you know COVID. <laughs> yeah tiny covid tiny COVID. COVID pocket. T- pocket covid <laughs> pocket COVID, COVID. The, COVID. For when you're for when you're on the go <laughs> <laughs> COVID pocket <laughs> somewhere
0: Jim Gaffigan is writing a hot pocket bit about COVID right now
1: oh I'm sure COVID pocket yeah well uh, yeah I don't know long COVID I mean the the symptoms I guess I mean what what's long COVID? you lose your sense of smell it can be
0: anything know. I mean I because because you, you it could be the sense of smell and taste for a long time right. it can be the brain fog it mm-hmm. can be kind of you know being lethargic and you know not having the full you know energy it can be uh, you know kind of like
1: off. crack syndrome kind of
0: like, like what?
1: chronic fatigue syndrome yeah
0: yeah because your internet that's cut pretty out sexy time. yeah chronic fatigue syndrome chronic
1: go, fatigue syndrome oh are you yeah kidding me man those are lots of words
0: yeah and yeah. i don't read yeah so exactly or if, my favorite part of long covid which i'll say in a sexy voice the diarrhea ah, ah. yep
1: yeah. nothing is sexier than long covid and diarrhea Diarrhea pocket. Oh, God, no. That's
0: that's that that's the uh oh. the, the vegetarian hot pockets pockets for those of you who don't want to eat meat but still would like diarrhea. <laughs> Sorry, I almost killed Sean there.
1: Don't you ever fucking do that again?
0: <laughs> you go in, you go in the store that you buy with a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. Oh my god diarrhea pocket
1: we'll see now for the pocket for the pocket COVID on the go the toilet paper is just sort of wrapped around your belt buckle like a oh, okay. utility belt that's good yeah so yeah you know you just take one off and well whoop, whoop, oh, that's right, why right, right. that's why that's why you
0: god created those carpenter pants you know you've got right. the 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 loop for the hammer there and you could just mm-hmm. put the, to- the toilet paper in there somehow you know or
1: you can wear uh the uh patented d pants right refer- re- referencing tim and eric
0: exactly yeah. When you
1: poo on the go, <laughs> poo yeah. in your pants, there's D pants. <laughs> I know clean. You clean. I know clean. You clean? And I like how he washes them off with a hose after yeah. he's done. And he's like, good as new. And I'm you, like, no, no, not at all.
0: <laughs> Three.
1: I'm, di- I'm, di- I'm, di- I'm Diarrhea Jones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a man who's a judge, and I approve Diarrhea Jones. <laughs> we have officially started this one off in a way that nobody understands. Yep. Which, or as we call that every podcast. Right. But if
1: you really want to stop listening, please don't Yeah. because it gets better. It does. I mean, it's really bad already. I mean, I would, if I heard this opening, I'd be listening forever and ever
0: and ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you almost died because of, uh, because of the 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 vegetarian option. Exactly. Exactly. The, uh, you know, it's uh wonder how they how they came up with that Uh, what do you got so far oh let's say it's a, a pop tart filled with disgusting meat johnson that's that's gross get to work on it you know
1: <laughs> perfect
0: yeah now they've introduced the breakfast hot pocket since there's no better way to start the day right you know good morning you're about to call in sick <laughs>
1: now you can there's have a, a hot of there's a lot of Tim and Eric, like there's a lot of diarrhea, Tim and Eric jokes. Like yeah. Easy cream where, you know, you ever have three boring, three boring bowel movements per day and you don't miss a single meeting douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's like a, <laughs> there's, there's like a, there's like a circle with the line fine. across it. <laughs> then, it's a, put on easy cream and that induces diarrhea. And it was with Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. <laughs> i gotta show you that okay you haven't yeah it. no that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, i'm surprised you and i haven't started a like a tim and eric type show oh gosh you know
1: because you know why because the comedy genius i i feel like i don't think that could be replicated yeah i, I just feel like you, you, if for those of you who don't know who Tim and Eric, uh, Tim and Eric are, they are this comedy duo who had this show from the late aughts to I think 2010 or 2011. Yeah. So, they and they've um, had a couple shows too. Have, yeah, Tom goes to the mayor. Um, Tim and Eric, great, uh, awesome Eric, show, great show, great mayor, job, great job. Uh, the Tim and Eric movie, um, Doctor Steve Brule, the the um, check it out, check it out. Yep. So like they've had all these shows and. Their brand of comedy is so anti-comedy. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they hate that term, but I'm gonna use it anyway. Sorry, guys. Um, but at least that's how I feel about it. They could they could of course explain it better, or maybe not. I don't know.
0: It's very but, theater of the absurd.
1: Oh, it is beyond okay. theater of the Yeah, it's it's like they they have created this parallel universe where these products that would be absolutely shit. Here in the yeah. real world would work perfectly over there, like the sea phone, yeah, or diarrhea pant, D there pants,
0: the the Cinco sleep chair,
1: or the Cinco sleep watching chair, right, yeah. or the or the Cinco dump,
0: yeah, the <laughs> the 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 hybrid deer and umpire. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to spice up baseball, you right. get an umpire that's mixed with a deer, mm-hmm. and it'll even tell you when a bear is present <laughs> by shutting off. <laughs>
1: safe (laughs) i will protect boys (laughs) oh man yeah Yeah, it's if you haven't watched it i suggest watching it to at least get a feel for it at least and watch it from like the early season
0: and then these are the same people that do everyone i'm sure the young kids know the uh the free real estate uh meme yep this is that's this is them that's you where know, it comes from. They that's are. From,
1: that's from whence it comes. Yeah, exactly. That's, that um, is, it's free real estate. Yeah. um Yeah. So I would urge everyone to watch it at least once just to get a feel for it. If it's yeah. not your cup of tea, I totally understand. Yeah. Because it takes like, it's very, it's a very acquired taste, but it's like, they're, they're, in my mind, they are fucking brilliant. Like, I, 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 I just, just the what they've come up with yeah. is just absolutely amazing.
0: And and the 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 other thing is that they add in the sound effects and that are that are so over the top sometimes. And then they also shoot it sometimes like it's, you know, like like on an eighties VHS,
1: right? Like it's you purposely know? bad quality. Exactly. And like they'll and it's, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's 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 just it's just so good. Like yeah. Those, just like the combination of everything. Yeah. And uh, you you do have to have a taste for it. Um, but yeah, I invite everyone to just watch it at least once. Yeah. Like it takes a few times maybe to like understand. If you really understand what's going on, your mind will be blown. Like Cinco
0: E trial. I'm a man right. who's a judge.
1: <laughs> 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 or like the commercial with like the uh the uh the Cinco eye tanning system. Yeah. Where they rip the first they rip your teeth out. And yeah. then like <laughs> they do the Cinco bro-oach where they e. ream a a three inch uh, like threaded pole into your chest yeah first they take your teeth out to prevent you from biting your tongue off from the pain yeah and then and then the food the Cinco food tube is the last one but the thing is those three stories those three commercials are uh, part of an ongoing story arc yeah that lasts through the entire series yeah that's how brilliant it is like it's just like oh my god you gotta watch it and the other thing And it's, it's a great show for people with ADD because like each skit is like maybe two or three minutes long at the most. And it's a 15 hour, you know, 15 minute quarter hour segment. So like you, you can like, you don't even need to have a really long attention span. You could, I mean, I don't think you could have one if it was for that, for a full length show, but. Yeah, definitely watch it.
0: And the other thing, too, is that, you know, it's not just the two of them also, is that sometimes they'll, you know, they'll cast people to be in the show. Right. And it's watching these other actors and actresses right. try and portray their brand of comedy, right. which which makes it even funnier sometimes. And it's not like, it's not like it's a, you're trying to, you know, laugh at other people's suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's more about these people literally trying to, you know, just, you know, act in a way directed by these, these guys. You know, right. It, and a lot of
1: it is, and most of it is unscripted. Like yeah. they'll, they'll get these guys off the street and like random, like, and they'll say, hey, you want to be in this show and they'll be in it. And like th- from that to like A-list celebrities like yeah. Bill Ferrell and, and John C. Riley and Ed Bagley Jr. And like, I mean, it's amazing their reach. Yeah and i think that's in large part due to bob odenkirk because yeah. bob odenkirk really helped those guys get off the ground yeah. with with the awesome show um and you know i i mean it, i mean i love bob odenkirk yeah I mean, you know he's I'm, pretty funny I, yeah i mean i you can't go wrong with him yeah um but like it's just amazing the range of celebrities that these guys have gotten from like nobodies who become famous as a result of this show yep already established celebrities who just add more fuel to the fire of success for the show
0: it shows you that that these celebrities i think also have an appreciation for this theater of the absurd you know i don't think i don't think these celebrities are doing the show for a paycheck they don't need to do that you know um Unless you're Michael Gross, then then that's maybe it's a different story. But you know the fact that they got the dad from Family Ties, right? You know, like out of nowhere. And then
1: um, David, uh, not David Wise, Ray Wise, mm-hmm. you know, from who was on 24 as yeah. who played President Gardner or Vice President Gardner, Gardner, and and he was on some other shows as well. A lot of like TV, like NCIS type yeah. shows, like who always plays this like straight face serious guy um he was also act, but at that then he was on um uh fresh off the boat okay the yeah Asian comedy yep um and he was like he played the next door neighbor who was a dentist I think or that was the father I can't remember but well the
0: first thing is you ripped your teeth out you know right. so <laughs> yeah so that you don't bite, don't bite. So you don't yeah. bite your
1: tongue from the pain yeah um but like he's that he's like one of those like I want to say a-list actors but like on a second tier level who like who can do like everything yeah and like he's on this show and he's he's brilliant like it's just it's really great so definitely watch it when you have the chance tim and eric awesome show great job we're plugging your show guys yeah
0: you you guys should probably come on our show now
1: (laughs) well i would love that i wouldn't know what to expect if that happened
0: no totally Um, not
1: um but yeah So anyway,
0: oh, yeah, this is this is a sportsmanship (laughs) podcast, by the way, It has nothing to do with Tim and Eric. So (laughs) hi, everybody, and welcome to How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the Osa Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack, for along with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of May. The year is 2022. Glad you can be with us. As always, check us out online at OsaFoundation.org. You can contact the show with the address podcast at OsaFoundation.org. On social media, we're at facebook.com/slash osa foundation, Twitter, and Instagram at osa foundation. Hashtag how you play the game. Select episodes are available on YouTube. Our apparel store is on, is on bonfire, and our book on sportsmanship, a critical reader and handbook, is available now on Amazon. Across the way from me, as always, is the producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello, how are you?
1: Hey, I finished my deck.
0: You finished your your what? My deck. Your deck. No. Your 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 deck. Yes. Okay.
1: I finished okay. it. You finished it. redoing it. I was redoing it. I was ripping the boards, and with the help of my dad and Sarah, we got it done.
0: We uh, my now, my internet cut out a little bit there, and that's why I was just making sure. But it was also because it's kind of funny.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah. So it was uh it was quite the adventure. Uh, it took three and a half weeks, but it was years in the making, and it's finally done. And now I'm sore all over.
0: Is now and there are no uh reptiles and or rodents hopefully living under the deck.
1: No, but when we took up the old boards, yeah. we saw we saw I saw my friend the snake. Yeah. Um, which we talked about on the last episode. Right. Um with, with Christy. Moore. Yeah, yeah, where she was um, just like,
0: We you know we just we just burned the house down. Right. Yeah.
1: So um yeah, so he, he left. I don't know if he'll come back, but um I don't think he'll be able to, I mean, we, we, we got those boards in deep, so we'll Giggity. See. Bah. Yeah. Um. But anyway, it was a process and I have a new found respect for construction workers because yeah. Holy cow, I don't know how you guys do it I, every day. Like I, <laughs> I'm literally like my body is on fire Yeah. <laughs> from this. So, I mean, even with the knee pads and the support belt for the back, and the gloves and everything and like the extra safety precautions. Like I'm still in a lot of pain. Yeah. But um, I'm glad it's done. It was well worth it. And uh, I saved a lot of money.
0: And you and didn't even have to stuff. switch your, your car insurance. No. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I can't wait to enjoy your big deck.
1: Thank you. Bah.
0: I know. I don't get it. You'll have to explain it to me.
1: Call well, you see. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Sounds
0: great. That, that long COVID's coming back. Great. So um <coughs> got a couple of things to chat about today. Uh, you yeah. know, we're 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 a little uh behind the times because we've been so blessed to have some great guests on, like like Christy Moore in the last time. And you know, we only have she, she was great. It was great, and that's she's awesome. back to working as well. Good. Uh, she, That's great to she, hear. She got back to working games, which is a good. Um, you know, but we, you know, we obviously wanted to to tackle that kind of stuff because it's so time sensitive, and there are a couple of other things now that might be a little, you know, old news according to those of you who have AD, ADD and ADHD. But uh, we'll uh, we'll try and uh, and get through them. So so, Sean, you wanted to chat about the New York Mets, yeah, and and the the plunking that has been going on in the first part of this baseball season. Right. Um, you know, I, the, the Mets have been, unfortunately hit a lot, uh, hit in the head yeah. a couple of times, a couple of injuries. Um, you know, it got, it got kind of, kind of heated and, you know, in, a in few that, times, <laughs> yeah, that first series of the year was had a, had a bench clearing incident with the nationals. And then it happened again with the Cardinals um, and then, and then kind of, you know, tacitly happened again with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a, um, a, a little bit of a soap opera. Right. And, and I, you know, what's, what's, what I think is crazy about it is that, uh, in, you know, if you, if you kind of track the, the ejections and the fines and the suspensions and whatnot, um, you know, in, in the in the first incident, just Steve Sisek was ejected, um, the pitcher for the Nationals hmm. uh, and and also Gary DeSarcina, the Nationals third base coach. Uh, and then you fast forward to the Cardinals situation and Nolan Arenado and Stubby Clapp, the first base coach, were ejected and there were there and, and some suspensions were hand, handed out uh, and some fines. And then with the Phillies, where there was nothing, you know, it was all kind of tacitly done. Uh, Buck Showalter got a one-game suspension, and that suspension was announced like 20 minutes before game time. He's like, you know, you know, ready to go and whatnot. Suspension comes down, and he's like, oh, got to change and get out of here,
1: huh.
0: you know. So, so it's been it's been really weird. And uh, you know, so there's...
1: he had to leave the ballpark completely, or did he? Yeah. could he stay in the clubhouse?
0: Well, no, he had he had to leave the the players' area. So basically, he was allowed to you know, shower change and whatnot. And then I think he could watch the game from like the owner's suite, you know, but he, he cannot materially participate in any way, shape or form. So he can't even do, you know, press stuff and stuff like that.
1: He's punished by sitting in the owner's seat.
0: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's like going to your room and thinking about what you've done but up in your room, you have an
1: Xbox, a PlayStation, exactly, and a Switch, and and a and a full bar,
0: right? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and high speed internet and all the porno you want. You know, Right. it's yeah, it's it's, and and remember too, we talked about this on a very very early episode, um, the fines as levied by Major League Baseball are all tax deductible. Okay. <laughs> Anytime MLB levies a fine, uh, it, it, it goes to uh, a charity, you know, a 501c3 mm. uh, from MLB. And thus, it is essentially a charitable donation that MLB is forcing uh, uniformed personnel to make. Mm. So, so you get ejected and you'll get a $500 fine and basically what you're doing is you're getting a tax receipt for that and you're you're writing it off at the end of the year so so there's really no you know no no venom to it you know there's you're you're not really punishing people you know you're not you're not deterring people you know it's a real drop in the bucket Mm -hmm. you know of 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 that especially when you're making you know millions upon millions of dollars you know a, a small fine is nothing Right. Um, but I think the other thing about it is that, you know, we talk about plunking in general, the the retribution factor of you hit my guy, I'm gonna hit yours. Right. You know, you're standing up for one another, you're trying to police yourself internally within the game. Um, and then on top of that, there are extraneous factors in this in these incidents that have been, you know, discussed, such as Shorten spring training, so pitchers are not where they need to be. Mm-hmm. The, the the balls don't have the uh, the sticky stuff, you know, so pitchers can't get a good grip the same way that they used to. Um, and then, you know, players are coming out and saying, well, MLB doesn't care about us. You know, it, it's, be, it's becoming a war of words then, too, right. in addition to, you know, spherical objects getting hurled at one another at 90 plus miles an hour yeah you know it's it's kind of a um kind of a free-for-all you know and and i think it really you know it puts umpires in a tough position too because they got to judge intent and and excuse me the other thing is they have to judge and they can't they're no longer allowed to judge intent instantaneously okay it Mm. used to be something happens a home plate umpire has the ability to automatically eject MLB has now instituted policies where at any point that this happens the home plate umpire's responsibility is to call time and have a conference with the other umpires on the field make a determination then if they think there was intent and then either issue warnings or ejections. And that looks equally as bad sometimes. You're basically you're not fixing the problem there. You're, you know, because they think I guess I guess the reasoning was they thought that people were being ejected or warned too quickly so they wanted to make you know have umpires you know kind of confer are we is are we all in agreement that this is the case here um unfortunately though that even kind of neuters it in itself as well so it's Mm. it's it's not you're, you're you're not really fixing the problem i understand why they did it but you're not, you may not be officially fixing the problem by doing it. And I don't know what the solution is. So I'm not, I'm not trying to like come down on MLB and say, Hey, I got a better solution here. Right. You know what I mean?
1: I guess my, I guess my thing is like, it's not so much about the incident itself as how much Well, first of all, it's not so much about the incident itself, but it's about how people are reacting to it. Yeah. You know, um, tempers flare and that's understandable, but you know, the idea that the ball is hard to hold on to. I mean, it's, I mean, yes, of course, that's probably the reason. And, but why are the Mets disproportionately getting?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a, just a, you know, wrong place, wrong time, right?
1: I mean, but like, how many times does that have to happen before? I mean, I, if you look at the math, <laughs> yeah, like, like it's the intent I guess doesn't become completely clear, but it at least gets a little bit more into focus. Like did something happen? Like, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I mean, they've been hit what, how many times? 16? A lot. Yeah, 17 a lot. times? Like twice as much as every other team. Like, I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> why are they the only team that's getting yeah. hit if everyone has a problem with holding on to the ball? Like I, if that's, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate. Right. Yeah. I don't know why. And even Buck Showalter was like perplexed at it. Like it used to be, and he said, I remember, I forget what article it was, but it's like, it's common or semi-common for people to get hit in the foot, or the leg, or the back, or the side, or the arm, but like the neck and the head repeatedly. (laughs) Like Like it broke. I remember one of the, I forget who it was. One of their helmets broke.
0: Yeah, because Fr- of- Francisco Lindor had yeah. to had a tooth issue because of it too. You like, know?
1: That's I mean, okay. Okay, accidents happen, but that many times. <laughs> and
0: granted, with Lindor and with Pete Alonso and whatnot getting hit in the head both times, okay, that was also the first weekend of the season, too. So you've really True. got you've got more loopholes too then, you know. Right. It's it's it, as as time went on, you know, and you saw it more and more, um, I understand how people are wondering like, what, does someone have a voodoo doll out there? Right. You know, it's, you know, or is it literally just everything happens to me, you know? Uh, and it's, it's, I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, but I will, I know all I can say is, you know, there's, there has to be, uh, I I'm not going to call for accountability or anything like that. You know, uh, you know, I, I just, I would look at it instead and say this, Yes, we got to We got to keep trying to make things better in terms of the baseball itself. Right. Um, there's nothing we can do about a shortened spring training right now, except look at next season and say, OK, if we're going to have a regular spring training, then let's watch in April of twenty twenty three and make sure that, uh, this isn't happening, you know? Um, but in terms of the tackiness and the grip on the baseball, we know they're experimenting with it and they're trying to get that right. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I guess the other thing too is, you know, we, we react a lot to this stuff very instantaneously, which is fine. We're human beings. That's what's going to happen. Um, it would be interesting to me to see how this occurs throughout the rest of this, you know, let's say the first half of the season, and then the remainder of the season. I mean, is this just going to be a topic for discussion in April and May? And then by June, we've completely forgotten about it. Right. You know, we just don't yeah, it's know the long season. It <laughs> is, it's, it's a marathon. It's a six yeah. month marathon and we just, we just don't know, you know, so, so we have to put oh, it's that more than in that, right? Yeah. Right. We have to, we have to put, uh, put it in per, into perspective that way and say, we have to judge this within the context of time passing and what, you know, I always say that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the case when I judge uh, I judge presidents kind of the same way, you know, and I judge Bond movies the same way, you know, and, and serial <laughs> movies, you know, it's like you
1: bond you, and presidents, you know,
0: basically the same thing. Um, you know, one's been around since 1776 and the other are presidents. You know, so, right. so easy. yeah, easy, uh, you know, mm-hmm. but you, you can have an, an, an initial reaction, which, which is understandable, but then you really don't get the full effect until you can look at what comes after. Right. And then look back on what you had. Yeah. You know uh, because, because that, you know, then you, you judge history that way. You know, I think a lot of people look at, you know, look at different parts of history in that, in that manner. You think you're going, you think about it one way when you're in it and then 10 years after it, you think about it a different way. Right. You know? For it's me, all like, relative. Exactly. Like for me, uh, the best example I can give with, in terms of Bond movies, I thought Die Another Day was a real terrible film and then I saw Daniel Craig come in and now Die Another Day isn't half bad. Hmm. You know? I have a new appreciation for that. I'm, I'd still not, I wouldn't call it a, you know a superb film i wouldn't call it a must watch a, you know one of the best ever made but i don't hate it the same way i used to i, I i'm not 100% fond of it
1: mm-hmm. but
0: i don't look at it and go oh i can't watch this crap
1: i still haven't watched it
0: die another day yeah wow okay How yeah. how have you not seen die another day
1: oh sorry i'm thinking of no time to die yeah never mind i haven't seen time to die yeah me neither
0: yeah you you and your long covid which you don't even have right we need to get you we need to get you a cup of coffee an old priest and a new priest
1: (laughs) something new something borrowed something blue yeah exactly getting married (laughs) i
0: I, there's a joke in there somewhere yeah
1: (laughs) die another day that's right no i've seen that one yeah halle berry yes
0: yeah are you, um, are you using your brain now?
1: But Daniel Craig wasn't in that one.
0: I understand that. I'm not making that point. I'm confused. Wait.
1: Okay. So you're saying...
0: I did not like Die Another Day when it came out with Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Okay? Yes. Then after five Daniel Craig movies... Got it. Okay. I look back on Die Another Day and I say... Right. Not the worst thing ever. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know... At least yep. it's not that you know that kind right, of thing, right 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 okay. now
1: now i understand what you're saying i got yeah. I was just confused yes i've seen die another day yeah no time to die i have not seen right there's all these dies and other times and and twice and death yeah. and it, it gets confusing sometimes i yeah. need your autism to help sort this out
0: <laughs> well i'm I, i'm happy to provide it for <laughs> a nominal fee plus yeah. shipping
1: <laughs> plus ship yeah <laughs> what am i gonna get a box from the FedEx guy and open it and you're going to be there like feeling like, hi i have autism let me solve your bond problems
0: <laughs> it'll act it'll actually be an empty box you'll just have to feel the essence of it that's my new perfume essence of autism
1: <laughs> calvin klein Cal- <laughs> yeah we are so going to get canceled
0: yeah you know no um, you know autism people.
1: in all seriousness though autism is a sign of creativity no no i agree yeah and i think you have to have some degree of autism to be creative ingenuous and um and you know I, I, everyone i think everyone's on the spectrum
0: yeah and for me it's it's that sensory processing sensitivity which has mm-hmm. you know very significant you know similarities yep to that you know a lot of people would look at me and say why are you the way that you are and they mm-hmm. would automatically think spectrum and i would say no actually it's a." Uh, Sensory processing sensitivity and here's the the science.
1: No, I'm on the spectrum. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. My mom had me test it, okay? Okay. Yeah. I'm like the Sheldon Cooper of our circle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think your notebook says it all. Yeah. Really. The, the, the autism notebook from yeah. when I was a
0: child where I would write down what I would watch on TV at all times and not and just you
1: to write a schedule. And then uh, like each chore would have a dollar amount. Exactly. Next to it, yeah. And, then you'd and remember, and remember Power
0: Rangers. What, right. And remember that the, the, the TV schedule of what I would write <laughs> would not only have the, the show, it would be in chronological order each day. <laughs> Okay, and next to the show would be the time and then next to the time would be the channel Mm -hmm. and next to the channel would then be the cable box channel. Right. And you would also have the call sign. Right. The three letter. Yeah. So, okay, this is on this is on um, WPVI, which Mm -hmm. is channel six, which is channel six, which is ABC right you know
1: yeah (laughs) and then and then you'd have like your schedule for the day and then you have like what what was it executive time or oh
0: prep time prep time yeah (laughs) yes i got that from time for lunch (laughs) exactly that was that was literally i think i stole that from like my elementary school teachers schedules where like they would have a they would have a period off and they would just call it prep yeah you know (laughs) And I'm sure they all look at it as I'm going to go sit in the teacher's lounge and have coffee and try and forget the fact that I have this job.
1: I mean, what does prep time for an eight year old look like? I mean, that's it, a great it, question. It's like, I
0: think I think I'm literally sitting on the couch prepping something in my like mind, just
1: organizing Legos or connects. Like maybe what I yeah. did. Yeah. Either that or I,
0: I literally have to sit there and just think to myself like, all right, I uh, really worked hard today as an eight year old. <laughs> I uh I gotta I have to I gotta take a 30 minute break to prep for what's coming next, which is watching, you know, Family Matters reruns.
1: <laughs> right. So you know. I mean, I remember organizing my connects and Legos by size and color. So and then playing with them. So that, I guess that could be prep time for me. It very well could be. Yeah. yeah. So I worked very hard as a child. Uh, we all did. And, we all did. And uh I'm seeing the fruits of those le- that labor now.
0: Yeah, because you have a house.
1: And I built a deck. So you build- yeah. It, it, so, it, I mean, with the help of my dad, I didn't do it all by myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, you know,
0: <laughs> you're, you're successful and I'm not. That's what we're getting at here. So. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> you're very successful. Oh, thanks. I'm we're you know, both I, very successful.
0: I, I'm definitely the George Costanza in this moment. Of, we look do great. You, do you have any reason for getting up in the morning? I like to get the daily news.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm getting a little chunky? What are you talking about? We look great. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Biff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I I and I have a new appreciation for the number of times that Jerry called George Biff. Yes. as well. Right. You know.
1: Yeah, it's funny with Seinfeld. I always grew up liking Kramer because yeah. of the slapstick physical aspect cuz that's what children like sort of gravitate to, but like yeah. as I got older, I sort of appreciated more Jerry and George's yeah. like conversation back and forth, like it's just I man, that show will never.
0: That's like it's, it's one of the best tweets I ever read was regarding Aqua Teen Hunger Force and uh, Happy Time Harry. Are you familiar with Happy Time Harry?
1: I've heard of it. I have so he's seen
0: he's it, this though. he's this doll that Meatwad gets to play with. Yeah, and he's very suicidal. Oh. And, okay. And the and the uh the, the the tweet was something like, you know, growing up, I will always wanted to. I always laughed at Happy Time Harry. And now I'm realizing I am happy time, Harry. I've got, I don't, I don't have any night vision goggles or any weapons. I just have these action bills. You know? <laughs> I got to pay them. <laughs> so, oh, excuse me. So anyway, the Mets get hit a lot. That's what we're getting. At. Uh, okay? yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, so speaking of sticky substances, Mm-hmm. The other one that we can, we can, oh, chat, about. Oh, we can <laughs> chat about is uh, the, the incident with Dan Bellino and um, Madison Bumgardner. So the Diamondbacks were in Miami to play the Marlins. And there was this incident where uh, Madison Bumgardner was coming off the mound after the bottom of the first inning and he was chirping it. I think the home plate umpire and Dan Bellino, who was the first base umpire, came down to do the mandatory check for foreign substances, which now is basically you know you hand out you hold out your pitching hand, and the umpire just kind of checks it briefly to make sure there's nothing foreign on it, and that's can it. Any
1: umpire can any umpire check? Yeah, but it's it-
0: usually it's usually you know the pitcher will 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 get checked either by the first base umpire or the third base umpire,
1: depending on whether he's left exactly
0: or, or or which dugout he's going to right. to which dugout he's going, you yes. know. Or sometimes the home plate umpire comes up and does it just for whatever reason, you know, for distance traveled and whatnot. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's not every inning. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, like it's just a random audit. Exactly. Does uh, it re- happen
1: once a game? Or? Yes.
0: Yes. Starters get checked, you know, once or twice. And then relievers, I think, get checked every inning. Wow. You know, because, you know, relievers are only pitching like one one inning or so. So they got to check okay. every every pitcher. You know, but if a starting pitcher is going five innings, they'll check them maybe one, three, five, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's, they get it. Um, so anyway, Bellino comes down and Bumgardner holds out his, his hand. And Bellino's basically like caressing his hand and not even looking at the hand, just looking deep into Bumgardner's eyes, just like this really awkward, almost creepy looking thing. And all of a sudden, uh, Bumgarner says something like, you know, like, let me know when you're done playing patty cake with me or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. And Bellino ejects him.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And so Bumgarner only goes one inning as a result of this. Okay. Uh, And it caused a stir and, you know, it got picked up everywhere. Uh, you know, media. You know, people bashing Bellino. This, I mean, it was it was a it was a pretty unique thing. Hmm. Um, it wasn't like like people who are like anti umpire wanted to bash it, but they couldn't even call it. You know, use terms like ump show and whatnot. They were looking at it like this is just like, you know, creepy. This is you know, mm-hmm. they don't know what the hell's going on. Right. So eventually, Bellino apologized. Uh, you know, after after you know talking with counsel and, and whatnot. And he just, and his public apology was very contrite. It was very just like, you know, when I started umpiring in, in the big leagues, you know, I was told always umpire like your kids are sitting in the front row. You know, I apologize. I, I, I failed to meet that mark and I've learned from it and, you know, hope to do better next time. Okay, okay. fine. So for me, I think a lot of people, you know, were trying to figure out what, you know, why this was happening, why would Bellino do this? What you know what's going on here. And again, context becomes king. You have to go back to the previous game the night before. Um, what happened was the home plate umpire of the game where Bumgarner got ejected was Ryan Wills. Okay, he's a he's a AAA call-up umpire. He was, he was one of the 20 or so umpires authorized to work major league baseball games during the pandemic season of 2020. Okay. You can denote those guys because they have a triple digit sleeve number. Okay. Okay. Um, they are now considered official triple a call-ups because they've been, you know, exposed to that and whatnot. And they can, and they, they can obviously handle it, but they're, you know, they're not, they're not officially, you know, they're, they're just normal call-ups now with triple digits, but that's how you denote that they came up. They were probably, you can make the argument that they may not have been ready for prime time, but MLB had to bring up X number of umpires for COVID. Okay. All right. So Ryan Wills has been, has been umpiring at the major league level as a call-up since 2020 in the night before because of the way the umpires rotate, he was working first base. Remember that umpires use at, at the MLB level, uh, umpires use a reverse rotation. So instead of going home first, second, third, you go home third, second, first. So okay. when so after you work the plate, the next game you're working third, and then you're working second, then you're working first, and so on. Mm-hmm. So he's at first base, and there's a there's a line drive down the right field line, and Wills calls it foul. And it turns out to be fair. Now, in this case, what happens is a ball that goes beyond the base umpires down the line when there's a question of fair or foul is reviewable. Now, as soon as a ball is, is declared foul, it's dead. You can't change. It. Okay. It's automatically foul, plays over, ball is dead, etc. So I think there were two runners on at the time balls called foul uh, challenges made umpires get together look at the replay they they ultimately say okay we're going to rectify this the batter is going to be awarded a double and both runners are going to be allowed to score because they would have scored on this play okay okay problem solved right all right however it it, it looks it looks bad. I'm not saying it is bad, but I can see how someone else would look at this and perceive this as bad because you're saying this triple a triple digit umpire blew this call that that's, you know, it's, it was slightly more than egregious. It's not, you know, this isn't a bang, bang play at first base that, you know, gets challenged and overturned. You know, this is something that normally you don't see happen. Right. So, So the, the Diamondbacks are kind of upset that he kicked this call and Tori Lavello, the manager got ejected for that. Okay. Even though it
1: was rectified,
0: even though it was rectified, because, because the Diamondbacks thought it was foul
1: Uh and,
0: Uh and they, they're now arguing, you called it foul though, you know, and, you know, and they were, and so, I mean, even though, see, and that's the thing is we forget that, even when the right call is made, some people argue just for the sake of arguing, you know? <laughs> right. And so so already the Diamondbacks are a little perturbed at Ryan Wills for doing for, for this. Mm-hmm. I get it. Whatever. Fast forward the next day, Ryan Wills is working the plate and Madison Bumgarner is pitching. Bumgarner is not getting certain calls in the first inning that he thinks are strikes. So now he's pissed off at Ryan Wills again. So he thinks the Diamondbacks and him specifically are getting screwed by Ryan Wills and Bumgarner's personality is such that he's a fiery guy. Now on the flip side, I have always said you can't complain about balls and strikes in the first three innings, right? The strike zone has yet to be established. Okay. I know that there's a rule book, you know, strike zone that says, you know, the old letters to the knees, you know, and whatnot, but mm-hmm. we all know, understand that there are nuances as it's relative. Exactly. Based upon who's umpiring, you know, and, and, and who's catching and who's pitching, you know, these things are, are very, they change from game to game. Um, so you can't really, you can't really bemoan that in that first inning because you're trying to figure out what you can get and what you can't get. Right. So, so Bumgarner's pissed off at Wills. Now he's chirping at Wills as he's walking off. And Bellino basically does this whole act because what he's trying, I think what he was trying to do was protect his partner. He was trying to say to, to Bumgarner, you need to stop this. This this was his way of saying, knock it the hell off. Mm-hmm. Okay. hes He's looking deep into his eyes to say, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. Right. Okay, and Bumgarner with the testosterone going turns it into an accusatory thing, which leads Mm -hmm. to his ejection. And then, of course, Bumgarner goes crazy and Mm -hmm. he has to be restrained, you know, and whatnot. And and it's just it just turned into a really, really weird thing.
1: Now, here's another thing I was thinking as you were saying that. I mean, you can tell if a person is you can tell if a person you can tell a person's true intent. By looking into their eyes. Yeah. So if he's looking into his eyes, maybe he's trying to see if he's lying about a substance. I don't know. It could be. You know, like you know how like you know when you're growing up and your parents like look in look me in the eye and tell me that yeah, tell me that you know, I mean, and some of these some of these ballplayers, you unfortunately you need to treat like children.
0: Yeah, it's very true because because we act like they act like petulant children sometimes.
1: Right. So. It's I mean again it yeah, you're right. It's about context and and I can see why something that like that what Dan Bellino did could be misconstrued as or construed yeah. as creepy based on I mean if you look at it in a vacuum, but I mean, is that what the reason was or are we just speculating? We're we're it's it's technically
0: speculating that, that that's what was going on, but if any any umpire or any person familiar with the game can put two and two together,
1: mm-hmm.
0: put it within all of this context and go, okay, I see what's going on here.
1: Right.
0: You know, and I, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that don't look at this in a vacuum and say Dan Bellino is just a creep. <clears throat> right. Okay. Uh Dan Bellino actually passed the bar. He is a he is a practicing attorney when he oh. is not when he's not umpiring.
1: Really? Yes that yeah i didn't know
0: that that's pretty um, cool yeah so so the 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 point is that you you know he, he we have to look at this and say okay why did he do that and he he did it to protect his crewmate
1: right you know is he the is he the crew chief
0: uh he was he was not the crew chief on that game no okay. i think he's i think he's either a two or a three on it on on that crew okay. um but he's the one who's checking the hand right so he's the one who's going to be able to say something to bumgartner right? You know. So it's yeah. The, I, so again, the point being that look at look at what happened the night before. Look what's going on here. Could Bellino have handled it better? Absolutely. And he apologized. Like like no you no. Know, I'm sure his bosses find him and said don't do that again, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we as the general public need to look at it and say there's a reason this went down it's not like he's a pedophile or something he's just he's Wait. you know he's <laughs> hey let's put it this way let's connect the dots here if the mets keep hitting people because they keep getting hit and they're doing mm-hmm. that to protect their team
1: mm-hmm.
0: Bellino's doing the same thing here bolino's right. trying to protect his team the third team right to say you need you need to knock it off OK, so we can't have it both ways. Right. You can't say, oh, the Mets just are trying to protect their own you know, their own by hitting other people in this plunking thing and then now, say Bolino's not allowed to do this.
1: How did people take his apology?
0: I think that. It was I, I think it was swept under the rug a little bit because I think that people in general, even you know, like like when when the incident occurred, it blew up everywhere. Mm -hmm. it's on every tv news station every every clip that you can see okay i gotta
1: gotta go watch it i haven't and then
0: and then when the apology comes out it's in uh one espn article and some tweets and that's it right and it doesn't get the same traction no and and when when you read some of the tweets and comments and whatnot 50 percent of them are still you know ump show he's a creep
1: Right, which unfortunately is sort of like a, a, a microcosm of our society. Oh, absolutely. People are afraid to apologize for fear of the apology backfiring. Right. And that's a pretty terrible thing because the you know, to apologize and to be to sincerely apologize and is making you're making yourself vulnerable. Yes. And the act of forgiveness is a cornerstone of our society
0: it's paramount to humanity right you know
1: you know and, and so so unfortunately and this you know i don't want to bring it to, to it's sort of it's sort of what goes on in the in the woke culture yeah you know someone fouls up someone makes a mistake they apologize for it and they still want their heads to roll even yeah. though they apologized and it's you know
0: that's not good sportsmanship
1: that's not good sportsmanship you know and it's It's damaging to to a person's psyche.
0: And here's the other thing too, you know, not to bring religion into this, but let's look at this contextually from the standpoint of people who are spiritual, okay? Um, The entire Christian faith has forgiveness. I'll use the same word that you used as a cornerstone, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: okay? Forgiveness is, you know, is basically what Christianity has evolved to preach at this Mm -hmm. point in, in its, in its social concepts. Right. Um, I mean, if you, if you believe that, you know, Jesus died for our sins, so to speak, uh, that, that in itself is forgiveness, Hmm. you know? So, so you can't, you, you can't seek forgiveness and then refuse to give forgiveness, you know?
1: Because then it becomes hypocritical, right? You know, and it's I, and,
0: and it's a that's a general thing. I understand that there yeah. are very specific circumstances and situations where, psychologically speaking, we just it's just not a snap of the finger in the same way. Right. But from a from a, a macro point of view, that's what we're looking at.
1: I think I think to an extent, really, all religions have yes, so you know, that that uh, that objective, you know, that that the, the forgiveness, you know, uh, mechanism built into their scriptures and in right. their, and, and, and their way of life. And I think that, you know, it proves to us, and I'm not a religious person myself, I just have, you know, logic and common sense that even <laughs> you forget, I mean, it makes us human. Yeah, You know, it, it's a humanity thing, like you said, and it we, may, we all make mistakes. And the act of forgiveness, regardless of whether it's in the confines of religion or not, Is a basic necessity for our society. Yes. To help us build, to to grow, to to evolve, and when we chastise someone for forgiving or for for apologizing, after they've become vulnerable, do you think they're ever going to apologize again? Yeah. Like it's like one of those things that you wonder why people turn out the way they do when you know, when someone tries from their heart to say, I'm really sorry, I misjudged. I, you know, I made a mistake. Yeah. (laughs) It's what you become vulnerable and, and, and it's up to others to in their own time and in their own way, they don't have to forgive right away, but at least come to some sort of understanding and meet in the middle yeah. like hey look i can hear i can i hear you that you're yeah. apologizing at least acknowledge that yeah right acknowledge the fact that yes you are apologizing and that you do feel remorse get let's get that out of the way first yes whether you forgive or not it's up to you but understand that over time it's all about like what you said. It's about context. Yeah, and we we lengthen the, you know, you lengthen the time period, it becomes not so big an issue anymore, depending you know, on what it is, right? As,
0: yeah. Now, as and as someone who is religious or spiritual, someone who who did go through seminary and whatnot, I think one of the interesting concepts that I can I can uh, discuss is the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation too because there are a lot of situations where we need to make a distinct difference between the two Um, just to kind of make up a a scenario. um, You know, if, if, if someone commits, you know, a a real mortal sin, you know, someone murders somebody. Okay. If you're, if your significant other gets murdered by another person, um, it's pretty hard to, forgive that other person. I think in the moment, you know, it was, it's a very difficult thing. Okay. And I think where we kind of get tangled is we think that by forgiving that person, we, we, we let it go and say, Oh, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Uh, And that's not the case. Okay. Forgiveness is, it it can be contextual in the way of saying, listen, I hear you, I hear that you are expressing remorse. Um, I, I, you know, you've caused me so much pain. Perhaps I can learn to forgive you without reconciling with you, because I know that there's no way I'm ever going to, quote unquote, get over this, see you in the same light. Right. You know, like like I, I, you know, however you want to define that. Uh, but you can forgive the person because they are saying they're trying to express that remorse. And that also doesn't mean that they are going to be free of consequences, too, because they've got to live with that as well. And there may be societal consequences. They're, you know, they have to face prison time, right. you know, et cetera. You know, so there's a, there, there's a lot of uh other things that go on with that it's it's not so cut and dry um but there's something to the idea of saying i can forgive without reconciling you know um i can you know they say like you should forgive and forget you know there are times that you can forgive and not forget you know that's 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 about like self-preservation at that point that's about loving yourself I can forgive the person who just murdered my significant other without forgetting that they did that and knowing that, that it's never going to be to a point where I can let that person into my life. Yep. You know, it's, it's, you know, but, but forgiveness in, in these, in these, I'll use the term petty things needs to be coming out of a holster, Right. you know? we need to be able to forgive people for making mistakes like Dan Bellino made, you know, in trying to stand up for his crewmate. Right. You know, um, that's, that's easily forgivable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yet, like you said, you know, the, the woke culture and crowd won't see it that way. Yeah. You know, and we, and, and that's really where sportsmanship comes in is we have to be able to say, you know, you, if you, if you really want to be woke, if you really want to be, see the change, change begins with that forgiveness. You know, I think yeah. back to what Bill Metzger was talking about many moons ago with that whole Jake Mariznick thing. Mm-hmm. You know, where he said, you know, l- you know, let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. You know, and that's mm-hmm. that's the God's honest truth. Right. So, don't hit people and forgive people. Right. That's simple.
1: And watch Tim and Eric.
0: I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, uh, I think we're
0: about done with that topic, right? Yeah. All right. Good. Well, uh, I hope everybody enjoys the remainder of uh, the month of May. I know the weather's a little up and down, but uh, at least here on the East Coast. And uh, we will uh, be sure to talk to everybody uh, when uh, we start to see the summer approaching. As always, check us out online at osafoundation.org. The podcast is, or po- the, the email address is podcast at osafoundation.org. Facebook.com uh, slash osafoundation. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation. Hashtag how you play the game. Select episodes available on YouTube. Apparel store on bonfire. Book available on Amazon. Sean, thank you very much. Of course. And as always, everybody, we'll talk to you soon and treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the Osip Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.